someone as close to you Reached out to me just to see if we had made amends Trust me, this ain't about revenge But now I get along better with your friends Welcome, Pewter Report readers, listeners, and viewers To another edition of the Pewter Report Podcast A victory Monday edition of the Pewter Report Podcast Energized by Celsius, I'm John Ledger from PewterReport.com with me today is Scott Reynolds, also from PeterReport.com. My boss, the esteemed, the one and only Scott Reynolds, who got to see Blaine Gabbert yesterday because it was a victory Sunday, which leads us to a victory Monday for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Scott. How the hell are you, John? I'm great, man. I'm basking in the glow of a 38 to 3 victory and getting to cover a 38 to 3 victory and basking in the glow of, of another great content day at peterreport.com yes. we've got tons of articles up for anybody who might be interested in reading more about this game and about the games to come as well we'll have those covered big one against the saints coming up this big week. one we'll yes get into that this week on the podcast scott we'll talk about injuries and the bucks may be getting healthy we'll answer your questions yep. on today's show we'll give our thoughts on if this defense has turned a corner so yeah, it's a great time to be covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It really is. And really, it's a great time to see Blaine Gabbert really anytime, especially when Tom Brady's still fully healthy, right? I think anytime you see Blaine Gabbert, and it's not because of an injury to Tom Brady, it's a great thing because the Buccaneers remain undefeated in 2021 when Blaine Gabbert plays. Yeah, um, it wasn't going to take you long to bring up Blaine Gabbert. I knew that. I wasn't sure whether it's I appreciate the, the imitation. That's awesome. <laughs> I, I mean, kind of opened the door for you. Right really, away. what Blaine Gabbert is, and I think we could say this: um, what Blaine Gabbert is to the Buccaneers is like Celsius to the show. It's just, it's a necessity. It's, yeah, it's an absolute part of of the program. It's welcomed. It's enjoyed. Um, it's, it, it gives you full of life and full of energy. Celsius powers active lives every day with essential functional energy. You can see the variety of flavors there. I've got the peach vibe, sparkling white peach edition that I'm rocking today, but no sugar yet still unbelievable taste. That's a staple of Celsius basically in all of these different flavors. So lots of variety for you. Again, the fact that you can get this energy without getting a lot of the bad stuff that comes in other energy drinks and there's no drop off. Uh, from the energy drink after you've had it. It sustains you uh, throughout your day, throughout the work. You have to do all of that. It's been key for us in that way. And I'd be remiss if I didn't also mention the fact that Celsius has these unbelievable fast protein bars that are available as well. Scott, the white chocolate cookies and cream, the caramel peanut crunch, I'm telling you, these are the best tasting protein bars you'll ever find. Yeah. They're unbelievable. They've replaced sweets in the Ledyard household. We love these things, and uh, they're good for you, too. I mean, there's 20 grams of protein in one of these and one gram of sugar. Yeah. I'm holding the white chocolate cookies and cream in front of me right now. Had one yesterday uh, for sustaining me through the game day broadcast. So it's great stuff. You can click on the link in the YouTube description to find these fast uh, protein bars and get your order yourself the variety pack. And you can go to Celsius.com, use a store locator, find out where Celsius are sold near you, or just go to Amazon, do the subscribe and save, get a percentage off, get a bunch of flavors shipped right. right to you. It's great stuff. John, my favorite flavor right now is this Celsius heat creamsicle, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's actually called orange sickle. I call it creamsicle because it reminds me of the Bucks throwback yeah. uniforms, right? And, um, and listen, uh, it's orange, right? And, and here we're approaching Halloween, so they've got a fantastic promotion 
at um, at Celsius right now that that it's really for the Pew Report audience. We're going to tell you about that really quick. What you need to do is go to Celsius.com, and we'll have the exact link uh, in the description below. It's pewter-report-halloween-giveaway. Uh, and all you have to do is give them your name and email address and hit submit. And when you do that, oh, boy, howdy, are you going to be able to uh, to get entered to win a free case of orange sickle heat? So it's free, absolutely free. All you have to do, they're giving away three cases. Go ahead and just enter uh, to win, and you have an opportunity to win a free case of orange sickle heat. Yeah. Uh, John, a great it's, flavor. It oh, is. Man. It's one of my top five, and, yeah. and I, I'm just crushing it right now with with Halloween approaching. And, and the I think so well. a lot of Bucks fans haven't probably tried that one. So what I'll do is after the show, I'll take that link. I'll put it in the YouTube description after the show, yep. so people can jump in there and get that pretty easily. But yeah, I don't think a lot of Bucks fans have tried that one, and it's a really good one. So hopefully, they get a chance to. We got uh, super chats rolling in already. Thank William you. Butler with the five dollars super chat. Can't lie, I love you guys. Keep up the great work, fellas flexing love it william thank you man yeah. we appreciate it we love y'all y'all are have been amazing this season to see this show already go to the numbers and the heights that it's gone to is great and we're just getting started too and yeah. i think the bucks are just getting started scott and getting some of these guys will back will help from injury right uh, that's been one of the stories no doubt about the it first half of the buck season and now you've got an opportunity bruce arian said today we're talking to us that he hopes Levante David will be back this week and Rob right. Gronkowski will be back this week. Maybe Richard Sherman didn't mention Antonio Brown. I don't know whether he didn't think of him or if he thinks he'll be out longer. They didn't put him on IR though. And, right. and so I guess we'll just have to wait and find out about him. But either way, it seems like the Bucks are getting healthier. Yeah, yeah I think that's the case. And, and I would expect that we're going to see Antonio Brown back. He just seems to be like a little bit of a quick healer. You know, he had that knee injury in the, the postseason. Uh, it really missed a game and a half. He missed the second half of the New Orleans game, missed the Packers game, was back for the Super Bowl. I know he had the extra week there to uh, to get healthy, but it didn't seem like that ankle sprain was was too tremendous during the game. And it was enough, obviously, to keep him out last week. But, I mean, when I say last week, I mean yesterday, but they didn't yeah. even need him, really. So right. I, I think that he'll be back. I, I also believe that Levante David will be back um, and Rob Gronkowski. I think those are the three guys to keep an eye on. And you know what? You're, you might need all three of those guys, or at least two out of three, against the Saints because you can throw out the records. No, the Saints are not nearly as dominant as as they were, I think, you know, a couple of years ago. They've had a, a change in quarterback, obviously, with, with Drew Brees. And um, and then certainly uh, some defensive guys. Trey Hendrickson's is gone. Uh, you know they've they've lost some guys right uh, on the defensive side. Yeah, mostly due to salary cap because this team, the Saints team, they they went for it right. They had a window and that window closed last year, and there was the Bucks slamming the door and yeah. ending Drew Brees' uh, career with an interception, courtesy of Mike Edwards. So I I just think John that. That uh, that there's there's no love lost between these teams. I think the Saints want some revenge, especially because it happened last year in their building. Yeah, this is Halloween. It's going to be a little crazy down in, in Voodoo City, and and uh, I I just think this is a good old fashioned NFC South rivalry. You can throw out the records; anything can happen. Yeah, and the Saints are also kind of getting healthier too. I believe that they'll return a few players tonight against uh, Monday night. I should say, if you're listening to this tomorrow for whatever reason, uh, Monday night they'll return some players against. Seattle, um, which that, you know, to, I know we're kind of some people might be listening to this after that game ends, but uh, if you're not listening live, but, you know, that might be a game that indicates a lot of how this week's going to go. Hey, Saints are playing on the short week. So any injury yeah. in that game is probably magnified if the Saints have any. But more than anything, what's their level of play like coming off the bye week? They were 
one of the they've been one of the weirdest teams in the NFL, Scott. One of the worst passing offenses by volume, yeah. but efficiency, at least in terms of the red zone, has been off the charts, ninety three percent. Thanks that's, to that small sample size. That's right. Yes, it's basically <laughs> guaranteed to decline when that happens. What happens with the Saints? Does their offense go in the gutter? You know, they've had some a lot of short fields this year. They have had a defensive score or two maybe this year. I think they've had. The defense has really kind of carried them. They, they've had a, a good solid run game and good run defense. They've, but their offensive line, which is still one of the better ones in the league, is is giving yeah. up more pressure than any other line in the league, according to Pro Football Focus. I wonder why so that far is this John. year. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> uh, James, the, uh, Jameis, by the way, not not that this is correlating at all, but Jameis yeah. is holding the ball for over three seconds yeah. longer than Justin Fields uh, was, and obviously only five games there. But right. uh, we'll see how now, things, what changes off the bye. That's the big question I have. Right. And to Jameis's credit now, he's only been sacked nine times. So it's it's kind of a fine line, right, because pressures do matter. Sacks mm-hmm. are a different thing than pressure because you're actually ending the play, right? Uh, you can still complete a pass while you're being pressured. And I think Jameis, maybe he's done that. He's completed 60% of his passes. Not not a career mark for Jameis in that regards. Maybe some of those pressures have affected some of his passes. But when he was in Tampa, he got sacked 47 times in 2019, which was the first year in Bruce Arians' offense, which by design wants the quarterback to hang on to the ball to allow those routes to, to develop down the field. Now, there's a huge drastic difference between Tom Brady who processes things so quickly and still with those routes developing down the field vertically can still anticipate throws and, and get the ball in the air quicker. He doesn't have to see it. He knows where to go with the ball. And that's why you see sometimes even in the short passes, even on the Chris Godwin touchdown, even in the Mike Evans touchdown uh, uh, right by the, the corner of the end zone, um, the receiver turns around and the ball is literally right there. They, they yeah. have to, to catch it in self-defense. And I think Jameis doesn't process as quickly as Tom Brady does. Few do, right? Mm-hmm. But I, I think that that him holding onto the ball, at least in 2019, I had a, a team source tell me that out of the 47 sacks, Jameis was responsible for 17 of those. That's over mm-hmm. that's a, over a third of the sacks. Yeah. yeah. And, and he's getting rid of the ball. He's not getting sacked, but that offensive line, as you mentioned, John, is getting pressured quite a bit. Yeah, for sure. It's going to be a fascinating matchup. I can't wait to kind of dive into it. And a lot of, again, like I said, a lot of what we talk about, especially on Wednesday on the preview show like we do every week, is going to be sort of based around Jameis and how he plays uh, coming off the bye week uh, and Monday night against Seattle, one of the worst defenses in the league. Yeah, You know, he hasn't really – he's put up some good touchdown numbers. Like I said, good red zone numbers, but there hasn't really been – any real consistent life in the Saints passing attack you know right. if they haven't led early in a game it's been very hard for them to get back in it and so um yeah I, I don't know what to think of the Saints they've been one of the weirdest teams in the league yeah. so far so I'm anxious yeah. to get a look at them I know it's Geno Smith and, and one of the worst defenses in the NFL so yeah that's why I'm expect if, if they come out and dominate we might be talking about a team that, that is ready to make a second half of the year push and so uh, there'll be a lot to be determined but either way the Bucks getting healthier is a good thing what do you, how do you feel about the cornerback situation right now, Scott? Because that's been like the big question mark pretty much every week when the Bucs take the field. A, who's right. going to even play? <laughs> right. And I think Bruce Arians said today they've had eight. They'll be this will probably be their eighth different combination of starters, but it might not yeah. be if D Delaney and Jamel Dean are out there. They might be able to yeah. finally start the same guys they did the week before. But it feels like it's been kind of a different group every week playing the majority of snaps. And yeah. if Delaney and Dean are healthy, I guess they'll go again. But do you feel 
better about them now than you did, or do you still think it's just a huge question, like huge red flag? I do because they've had now months in the system, right? They've they've been here. We're almost into November now, right? So that they've they've had some time in the system. They've had plenty of practices, and they're smart players. And I, I think what Bruce Arians said today, I, I think to to the non trained listener. Um, it, it would come across as, as coach speak, John, or lip service, you know, it's, well, we have a standard, you know, and mm-hmm. whether you're a backup or a starter, we have a standard and you need to get in there and, and perform up to those standards because you're wearing a helmet that's got a buck in your flag on it. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's so cliche. Uh, yeah. We like smart players, you know, smart players, uh, you know, we, we like to have them come in and learn the scheme and they just learn quicker because they're smarter, but you know what? There's a ton of truth to what he's saying too. And the mm-hmm. reason for that is because Jason Light, John Spitek, uh, Rob McCartney, they're bringing in smart players. They can quickly pick up what, what they're asked to do. Todd Bowles does a good job of not asking too much, but as Arian said, not being too vanilla, like actually like installing game plans and saying, this mm-hmm. is what we're doing, guys, and it's not going right. to be vanilla. It's going to be a mix of vanilla, chocolate, you know, strawberry, whatever, but it's it's going to be – the game plan and you guys are smart enough to figure it out and execute. And by the way, when you're in there, we expect you to do starter things like cover receivers, break up passes, get interceptions. And so far, John, the evidence is pointing to the fact that, that Richard Sherman has done what was asked of him. Pierre Desaire has done what was asked of him. Dee Delaney has done what was asked of him. And so I, I don't think there's been a big drop off in play which is what the role of a backup should be. It's not just coming in and um, you know and having to make splash plays. If you do, that's great. But but your first objective is is to not allow the, the level of play to really significantly drop off. It's just like yeah. like the first role of a defensive back is not to pick off the pass or even to break up the pass. It's to just not let the receiver catch the ball. And sometimes you do that by covering the guy so great that the quarterback goes elsewhere. Right. Yeah. So that's the first job of a cornerback or any defensive back. Don't allow the ball to be caught. And there's a lot of ways you can do that. And of course, the best one of all is to get the pick is to get maybe a pick six, but to get the ball back for your offense. And when you see guys like D Delaney and Pierre Desir contributing that way, I'm not as worried as as maybe I was a, a month or so ago. Yeah, I agree. And especially seeing those guys get in there and execute a bunch of different stuff now for a full game. And it's one thing when you get thrown in the middle and then, okay, things get simplified a little bit. But the fact that they've been going out, able to go out and execute with a scheme that, like Bruce Aarons is saying, they do change things up and do different coverages. And it's gotten more advanced in some ways since we yeah. won in terms of what they've done you know, to, to be able to cover for some. And maybe they don't have the talent level they did before. So now they're doing some different things, disguising things. And that was a big part of this game for sure could see that just watching live and so yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of truth to that the fact that they have so many intelligent players in the secondary really really helps them communication too especially with Antoine Winfield was up again and that's a that's a really good sign but yeah Yeah. Pierre Desir I know it was only 22 snaps but I think he had a 92 PFF grade and just really did a nice job with the Bears and kind of really did spot yeah played great and Delaney was good enough too. you know he got the pick obviously and you know John you know, that's that's hard sometimes right to, to come in uh in in the flow of the game as it's going on right now yeah now there's there's two ways to look at it number one Pierre Desir maybe had fresher legs right so he's he can keep up with the receivers he's tasked with covering because mm-hmm. it is the second half of the game but at the same time too it's 
he's coming off the bench cold. Maybe he played some special team snaps, but yeah. he's not been in the flow of the game defensively while everybody else has. And so sometimes that's a tall order too. But to go in there and and not get picked on and then to get a pick when, when he does have an opportunity, it says an awful lot about him and his skill set. Oh, it does for sure. And he is a guy that has had some some picks I and mean, he's had some ball yeah. skills that have really shown up um, over the last couple of years and over his career, really. But I think he had like three picks last year. I know he was picked on, too, uh, but he had a handful of picks last year as well. And so he's been. A, yeah, he's been a really nice addition and find. And everybody, I think, knows that he's kind of had a, a pretty solid start to his Bucks tenure, including the coaches yeah. in that in that room. Um, and I think that's going to help him eventually earn more playing time. I'm not Gone. even that worried about Richard Sherman if he isn't able to come I know. back. Like I, I, know. I almost feel better with the younger guys just because hey, Sherman Coach is Sherm. not Listen, fast. Coach Sherman got the job done yesterday, this, right? I mean, this might be the role for him. It's yeah, fine. like if everybody's crazy. back after the bye week, if yeah. Carlton and Sean Murphy Bundy come back. Where does he fit? You know what I mean? Because yeah, he's yeah. not going to be ahead of Dean. You know what's what's interesting? Back in 2002, during the Super Bowl season, Lomas Brown, who was a, a great offensive tackle in his prime, mm-hmm. okay, but he was well past his prime in Tampa. Yeah. But he he was he was on the Buccaneers as that reserve swing tackle. They didn't need him. Roman Oban was the left tackle. They moved Kenyatta Walker, who was a former first round draft pick, just about to be a bust, mm-hmm. to the right side during the Super Bowl year, because. You had Roman Oban, just a, a better left tackle over there, right? And so Kenyatta Walker, they were trying to salvage his career a little bit, and, and he was a better fit on the right side. But he was a Gator. Lomas Brown was a Gator. Lomas Brown's job that year was to take Kenyatta Walker under his wings in the locker room, in the meeting rooms, on the practice field, and get that guy's confidence up and have him play well. That was his role. Mm. Okay, and he got a Super Bowl ring because of that because he did a great job. Kenyatta Walker did a great job that year. And yeah. sometimes you need those guys behind the scenes where that's their role, whether they're hype men, whether they're assistant coaches, whether they're uh, in ear to listen to or, or a shoulder to cry on, whatever it is, right? Maybe that's what Richard Sherman's role going forward is on this team, not to play, but to be there for this young Buccaneer secondary. Yep, absolutely. Could be, and that could end up being what it is, and maybe he ends up being fine with that too. Yeah. Um, you know, right. when he first signed, I thought maybe, maybe Sean Murphy Bunting's out for the whole year. Maybe he still yeah. is. You know, I thought maybe Carlton Davis is going on IR or for the whole year and not coming back maybe for the playoffs. And John, so I, I got now, a question for you. And it's from, yeah. from Emily, actually. Everyone knows Jameis has this game against a circle on his calendar. Who has the greater or I should say maybe who's got like the bigger, thicker marker in this situation circling the game. Is it, is it the Buccaneers circling it? Cause this is Jameis Winston, the guy that, that obviously you love playing against your friends. I'm not saying there's any animosity mm. towards Jameis. Sometimes you just love to, to go against, you know, your, your friends in, in competition. Maybe you're a defensive player who wasn't allowed to sack Jameis cause it's practice. Right. But, but maybe there's that, that itch to scratch. Or yeah. is is it where Jameis Winston circles this because the Bucks chose Tom Brady over him? Who's got the bigger marker in this instance circling this game? And it, of course, there's a numbers yeah. thing, right? One guy with Jameis and a whole team full of Buccaneers, but whose marker is bigger, John? Uh, I think the Bucks just because it's the Saints. I don't think it's because of Jameis really. I mean, I'm sure with a couple of players, it's like, oh, it's you know, it's our boy. Like you know, I'll be glad to hit him. Like you know, but I, I don't think that there's any. Yeah, the Jameis factor adds a lot to it for the Bucs, at least. I think to them, it's just the Saints, yeah. and that's a big game. And that team beat us for a long time, and they swept us last year in the regular season. And yeah, I think actually swept that, Arians both years. Yeah, both years. Right. Season. So yeah. right. So he's never beat him in the regular season, and and obviously they've they've not won that division either. So 
I think that's a big, they know that that this game stands for a lot in that way. Now for Jameis, you know, it's probably definitely a little bit of that. You know, he probably definitely has a circled a little bit. I don't know whether that's good or bad for Jameis because we really haven't seen him Great in that point. spot, right? We yeah. haven't seen Jameis in a, I would say there's been a couple of regular season games where like you knew if they won this game, there's a good chance they would maybe make sneak into the playoffs. Right. But there hasn't been like, big games for Jameis if they win tonight which uh, Monday night which they absolutely should over a Seattle team that yeah I don't know what they have to offer right now the Saints should win that game (laughs) and so if they do then they know okay wow we I mean this I think it's first place is on the line right because the tiebreaker is the first the the head-to-head is the first tiebreaker I believe so if the Saints win tonight and win next week they would technically have first place even if just for a little while and so yeah, I think that's a big game for James. It's a big game for the Saints, and he hasn't played in a lot of those. So I don't know what that stage is going to do to him. Um, you know, it's not the same as when he'll come back to Raymond James for a night game, and right. uh, we'll see what happens there. But uh, it's still going to be a factor in that one for him. I don't think it's – I don't know if it's going to help him or hurt him, but I also don't think that the Saint, the rest of the Saints team need that either. Like, they're ready for this game too. Both sides are going to be up for this game. I don't think that's a question no matter what happens. Right. Uh, I just wonder if it – makes Jameis do a little too much at times. Yeah, maybe some of those um, those high throws that Tom Brady had when yeah. he went back to New England against his former team. You the know, Saints you know. are hiding Jameis right now. I mean, that's yes. what they're doing. Like that, Whether right. that continues all season, maybe not. Maybe they right. feel like they get him to a certain point and then boom, the, you know, the cuffs are right. off and he's ready and to great, crazy. Great point by you, John, because I think you're right. That's something that Bruce Arians addressed today, right? It's like when you drub a team, I was going to say beep, but it's really a drubbing at 38-3. to three. Um, where are the coaching points, right? Where where does Todd Bowles and 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 Bruce Arians you know, where do they come in and throw the clipboard and still get mad over a thirty eight to three loss? Because you always have to fix things if you're a coach, even if there's not a whole bunch wrong. But for for Bruce Arians on offense, it was it was getting the uh, the offense down there inside the Bears four yard line twice, two drives, coming away with three points. That that needs to be fixed, right? The goal on offense. But the thing that Bruce really mentioned as it applies to the Saints game is on the defensive side, where you give up a hundred yards rushing, including I think over ninety to Khalil Herbert, a running back you and I both liked out of Virginia Tech, John. Um mm-hmm. you know, listen, that's not good, especially when you're used to giving up about half of that in a game. And he had three runs over 12 yards in the game, including a big 29-yarder. Um, Alvin Kamara, and you you said it correctly, they're hiding Jameis to a degree by becoming really balanced on offense. Kamara in the past has really been used as a weapon out of the backfield, but he can really spring for 100 yards at any point in time on the ground. He's averaging 3.9 yards per carry, but they are leaning on him. He only has one rushing touchdown, but I think in this game especially, Sean Payton's smart enough to realize that if if Jameis Winston comes out, he's a little too amped up, you're really going to see a lot of of, uh, of of heavy dose of Alvin Kamara on Sunday. Yeah. And oh, yeah. es- especially, he's going to want to probe a couple of things that the Bears were able to attack and see if the Buccaneers haven't shored up their defenses this Sunday. Yeah, for sure. And John Paul asked, would Michael Thomas play? And I believe the belief is right now that he would not play. Um, I don't think he's close. Maybe the second yeah. matchup, but not this one. I don't think he'll be back right. and ready for this. So it'll be Marquez Calloway, Deontay Harris, uh, some of those guys. I think Traquan Smith, might, is he coming back tonight? Or I know he came back to practice this week. I don't know if he's activated for tonight, but certainly I think they'd like to get him back in time yeah. before, yeah, before that game against the Bucs. So he's that, definitely a big play guy for them. Yeah. Um, and, and Galloway's and, been, and so yeah. is, uh, so is Deontay Harris. So they have guys that can, that can make one play and stretch the field still though. I mean, you are talking about a saints team and we'll get into all this on Wednesday show right. too, but, 
but they're 29th in passing right now across the league, five games, whatever. In, in, in I mean, the 35th, thir- 31st in passing, I'm sorry, yeah. 29th in overall offense in terms of yards per game. And defensively, they're you know 22nd against the pass too. They're great against the run. They're they're very good at running it. Uh, I think rank, ranked 10th right now in the NFL in terms of rushing. But right. once you get in the top 10, the numbers are separated by like a yard or two. So yeah, you know they've been very good in the trenches on both sides when it comes to the ground game. It's through the air that they have right. not really been able to be that explosive. And, and John, the thing I'm gonna look for tonight when I'm watching the Saints play the Seahawks is if the Saints defense can get any more pressure because losing Trey Hendrickson. Um, he was a kind of a one-dimensional, you know, one-trick pony type pass rusher, but he did have 13 sacks last year, 13 and a half, whatever it was, mm-hmm. and they really have not been able to replace that. When you look at at the the sack numbers, uh, Tano Passanio has got uh, two sacks. He's actually the team leader. The the Saints as a whole only have eight sacks yeah. in the first five games, and uh, you look at some of those guys that they were were counting on. Uh, including their first round pick, Marcus Davenport. He only has one. Uh, I know he's been been banged up, but uh, they really don't have the the juice off the edge. Cameron uh, Jordan, where, where I think we're seeing kind of the beginning of the end to his career. He just is not mm-hmm. the explosive player that he used to be. Doesn't sure. mean he can't go off in a certain game, but it's not going to be against Tristan Wirfs. I'll say that right, right now. Uh, so, so to me, that's what I'm going to be looking for because John, you're you're seeing a Buccaneer offensive line that has now for the third straight week not given up any sacks. And right. it's it's just it, – it's They're on a dominant level. Line. Yeah. It, yeah, a dominant level. It's a great way to put it. The, the only guy that's really pushed them has been Aaron Donald this season. He's just going to yeah. do that with everybody. You know, yeah. he's And, again, that, that took scheme. That took that always takes everybody no matter who you right. play. But other than that, they've really – you know it's and they've gotten better every week too. The beginning of the season, yeah, there was there was some rust for sure and passing off stunts and things like that. And – Last month, they've just played at an extremely high level. Basically, yeah. five guys across the board. Cap has had some hiccups, but the other four have been pretty much rock solid in that time. So it's great to see that's the direction they have to be trending in. Saints haven't been as formidable uh, as a pass rush group, uh, for sure, uh, as they were a year yeah. ago even when the Bucks faced them. And so we'll see, though. They get uh, Peyton Turner kind of acclimated. Marcus Davenport was injured again, I believe. He's coming yeah. back, I think. He also was back at, at practice this week. And so they're they're going to have reinforcements coming for sure. And and so they'll be better as a pass rush group than they've been. But, yeah, it's been a, a question mark for them, certainly. Um, I also hope we don't get a bunch of penalties. Yeah, that right. that's one of the keys in this game for sure, right? I mean, like if yeah. the Bucks are going to – the Saints just don't do a lot of things, and that's maybe one of the reasons why they're hiding Jameis. They haven't done a lot of things to, like, beat themselves. <laughs> right. <laughs> Who knows when they – you know, they let if they let Jameis loose, if that continues. But – like you said, they're not taking a bunch of sacks this year. Largely, the scheme tr- tries to get it out as quickly as they can, right. um, as often as they can anyway. And um, they haven't turned the ball over a ton this year. Um, so that is in their in their efficient in the red area. And doing those little things well has helped them. They've also forced a bunch of turnovers. And so they've done some good things. So, yeah, absolutely going to be a challenge. Like I said, we'll talk more about uh, that game on Wednesday still too. But that one, it's kind of a big game. I mean, it's obviously a big game for the division. That goes without saying really. But – you also look ahead on the Bucks schedule and you consider how they've played against weaker teams just in, over the time Brady's been here and with Brady and Arians. They, they feel like even when they've been maybe a little bit closer than it should have been, the result really hasn't been in doubt too much. Right. And okay, after the bye week, you get a little bit healthier, hopefully. And you've got Washington, you've got the Giants, two, two and five teams right there. 
The Colts are playing a little bit better right now. We'll see if Carson Wentz lives until or survives until November, the end of November. I'm not not confident in his health. Then you have Atlanta, who's also playing a little bit better. Right. Buffalo, Saints. So you might have a tough month there, four tougher games than you expect. Uh, and then the Panthers, I mean, what's going on even there? They're, they might be in on these Deshaun Watson trades. Sam Darnold got benched. He's clearly not been good enough. They've lost four in a row. Right. Um, it feels like change could be coming there at the quarterback position, but what? What are they going to do? Are they going to have enough for Watson? Is he even going to be able to play this year? So some question marks there with with uh, Carolina, uh, too. And then you've obviously got the Jets in the middle there. And uh, you know, Zach Wilson's hurt right now. And yeah. they'll be back by then. But if they want it's to not going to matter. It's not going to matter. That's the worst team it's in not the league. Matter. That's a bottom two team in the league, I think. So, yeah. So, uh, yeah, they, it feels like this game, you know, is – if they can win this and get to seven and one for the bye, Scott, then I mean, what? Maybe two losses the rest of the way, but that even right. that would be a little bit of a surprise, I think. No, I, I'm with you on that uh, totally. Um, I, you know, I, I'm going to check out what the line is right now in my bookie, John. So talk for about ten or fifteen seconds while I do that, okay? Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think tonight's game. Uh, looking at the Saints defensively, I want to see Marcus Williams. He's, I think, he's a difference maker type of player, and he's someone the Bucks have really had a hard time with. Brady and he have played a lot of games. We might even talk about that on. We'll definitely talk about it on the pregame show. But speaking of Brady, he's actually going to be on Monday Night Football. Tonight. That's true. Yeah, he is going to be on the show tonight too. And I'm. I hope they ask him about Marcus Williams uh, tonight because. Man, that guy is it. just the way Brady tries to move him and tries to hold him. And sometimes Williams has got him and sometimes he's got Williams and the Saints rely on Williams a lot uh, to play right. that role. And so, uh, yeah, I'm very curious to see how that matchup goes uh, tonight and then also uh, in the game yeah. on Sunday because Brady, I think, has a lot of respect for him. OK, so here's the thing. We don't know what the line is yet for the Bucks saints game because obviously the Saints have yet to play, right? Because injuries mm-hmm. can be a factor in that. But what I can tell you is this. If you go to mybookie.ag, they've got the NBA lock of the season. And John, this is why I love betting with mybookie, not just because they're a sponsor of the show, right? They've mm-hmm. been a sponsor for years. I've been a, a mybookie player for years mm-hmm. because they're in the business of giving you free money. Now, what do I mean by free money? You've probably heard me say this before. They did this with, with the Bucks Cowboys game where um, if either team scores a point, you win like up to 25 bucks. So, so basically, the, the thing is to bet $25. That's the max you can bet in these type of situations, what they call the lock of the season, yeah. and and they do that. They had one to kick off the NHL season, right? Uh, if either team, the Kraken or whoever it was, if it was the um, – uh, I think they played Las was Vegas. The Knights? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the Golden Knights. Either team scores a goal, you win, okay? So they've got one now for the NBA lock of the season. So what is a lock? A lock is simply put, it's a bet that you can't lose. And with my bookie, you can't lose with the NBA lock of the season. I've already done this. Do it yourself. If you're not, if you're not a my bookie fan uh, or a subscriber or a customer, subscribe today to my bookie, get a, a membership and, and do this. If you're currently a my bookie uh, player, head over there and do this. It's free $25. When you bet on either team to score, between the Dallas Mavericks or the Denver Nuggets this Friday, you win. The NBA has never gone scoreless in any game. Okay, so you know this is a sure bet. My book does pretty this good. Like, like five or six times a year. They literally would give you a lock of the season. All you have to do is just literally go over there and bet twenty five bucks, and you win twenty five bucks. Okay, place your bet. They score, you win. It's that easy. Get paid Friday, wake up Saturday, then throw down your money on the UFC two six seven. This weekend, my bookie is also giving users a one hundred dollar risk free wager 
on the light heavyweight championship fight between Jan Blockowitz and Glover Texiera. So don't wait. Head over to mybookie.ag, use their promo code Pewter, and get in on the NBA lock of the season. That's promo code Pewter. It's a lock. So get your season started with a win. You can thank me later. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. Scott, I don't want to get too much in the weeds with this game, but I just am so curious to see what happens with Antonio Brown this week because I think he's such an important piece yep. for them when it comes to certain teams. Obviously, Chicago wasn't that big of a deal, but the Saints are a different story, and I think it's really going to matter having him. So I'll be curious to see what happens with him as the week progresses, but really just looking at the Bucks wide receiver room in general, this has been – Kind of an incredible season, and I saw an incredible stat uh, about Mike Evans. Did I put that in the group Pew Report group chat? I can't remember if I did or not, but basically had a list of players who have reached uh, the milestones that Evans has reached in terms of yards and touchdowns this season, um, yeah. you know, or through his career, actually, up to this point, and his first 113 games, I believe it was. And, like, the only other eight receivers who've ever reached the marks he's reached are, like, all, like a bunch of hall of fame who's who's who? Green. Yeah. yeah yeah it's like a, a, just all a bunch of ridiculous receivers i'll see if i can find the exact right. numbers but yeah it's he's what he's doing in terms of consistency and volume is just pretty remarkable and i feel like it's hard to make sure we give equal airtime to everybody on this team right uh, and we obviously <laughs> have done it for years even before i yeah. was here with mike evans when he was like the only guy to talk about on the team but I don't want to get lost. And I just thought he played exceptionally the other day. Yeah. Some of the routes he ran were phenomenal. And if he can, I, I don't think he's been the most consistent of their weapons since right. Brady arrived. But I think if he's finding that now this season, if he's finding that over the last four or five games, uh, then I just think it really like, I don't know, man, it's, it's a whole different type of weapon for the Bucks offense. Yeah. Everybody talked about AB getting acclimated, but Godwin is what Godwin is. And AB, when he knows the offense he's in is what he is. Right. If Evans is consistently the guy that's going to catch a 46 yard bomb every game and change the game with one play like that. And then obviously do what he's always done in the red zone. Right. You know, he's going to be a weapon there, but if he can be the weapon between the twenties in terms of being able to get open vertically and catch those bombs and beat what's been always the knock beating the single coverage, the quality right. corners, right? Jalen Johnson, one of these rising stars, he yeah. just tore him apart. In the just Bears smoked game. him, Same, yeah. Yeah, Byron Jones is big money corner. PFF had him as their number one corner for a while, I believe. Not this year, but other years. Boom, just destroyed yeah. him, you know? So now is the matchup, right? Marshawn Lattimore, Mike Evans. I don't know if Evans has ever gotten the better of this matchup, has he? I mean, yeah, he has. A play yeah. Early on, maybe, when Lattimore's yeah. a But last four games, I feel like – I'll look up Evans' numbers. But last four games – it feels like it's been pretty one-sided and some of that's he, been, I Lattimore's think he went off that. in 2019 uh, against Lattimore. Let me see here real quick here. I want to say, gosh, ESPN always drive me nuts with an autoplay. Uh, let's see. 2019. I want to, here's his career average numbers, 13 games in his career against yeah. the Saints. So obviously not all these are Lattimore, but he's averaged 6.3 targets, 3.5 catches, 51 yards yeah. and 0.3 touchdowns. Yeah, there's, there's no doubt about it. Marshawn Lattimore has has been a bit of a kryptonite to him, just like James Bradbury was. Um, so, no, actually it wasn't. It was back in 2018. Uh, mm -hmm. Mike Evans has had a couple of games where he literally has had like under 10 yards, but maybe a touchdown or two. Yeah. Um, but, 
Yeah, I see what you mean. The 2018 game. Yeah, yeah I don't even yeah, remember. Seven catches, 147 yards, and a touchdown. That's when with Ryan Fitzpatrick was the quarterback. That's when they won an opening day, 48 to 40. I won a massive bet on my bookie because uh, I just this game. I did. Oh man, I, I think I won like and you know I don't I don't bet much. I think I think mm. I literally won 75 dollars, <laughs> uh, which is a lot of money for me. That's big for you. Yeah. So yeah, uh, but yeah, usually I bet five dollars. I think I bet like 25. And the money line was, I think the Saints were favored by 13 points in opening day, 13 or 14. Yeah. And I was like, I'm yeah. taking that all day long. <laughs> so, and, and Evans was a big uh, contributor in that game. Seven catches yeah. on seven targets, 147 yards and a touchdown, including a 50-yarder. Right. Like you said, John, it's those, those deep shots. He's kind of yeah. been the, the guy for that. Right. And, you know, those 2018 matchups, both of those were good ones for him. And then lately it's been just not the same at yeah. all. Three targets. Zero catches uh, in 2019, the first game uh, that they played in week five, and then four catches for 69 yards, no touchdowns on eight targets the next week. And then 2020, yeah, the one two-yard touchdown catch in week one last year, and then four for 64 in their second meeting, which was the blowout a lot of that yeah. game after it was already pretty much over. And so that he just hasn't been able to get going against the Saints. And I think if he can have that kind of a game – I don't know. Everybody on the team's aware of that rivalry. Like, right. this, you know, that that's, and plus they all week one last year, they're in each other's face. I think Evans might've got both, both maybe got flagged last year. Yeah. Getting in each other's face. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it's a real rivalry. Deal. They've gone yeah. to blows before. There's no doubt about it. The line for tonight is, is a uh, saints minus four. So even though it's, it's in Seattle, um, they're, they're plus four. So, uh, again, the saints expected to win there. Thank you so much for joining, uh, uh, L. Smith 11, um, Texans just a Texans fan. fan, just joining stream right now. We love that. Everybody's welcome here. Texans fans looking around for some solace. I get it. I get it. <laughs> Sorry, L. Smith didn't mean to offend you right off the bat, but uh, okay. Richard, we would. appreciate yeah. it. John and Scott, $5 super chat. What would you have done if you were the lucky fan who got touchdown 600? It's funny. We are the, probably the only Bucks outlet that has not written four articles about Golly. this today. <laughs> I don't know no if fans kidding. have had their fill at all, but yeah. we did talk about this yesterday on the post-game podcast, uh, Richard, by the way, if you want to go back and look at it. You you heard, you could hear responses, I think, across. We asked several Peter reporters what they would have done uh, in this situation uh, if they got it. But, yeah, I'm not – not giving that ball back to a buck staffer. If Brady comes over and asks yeah. me himself, all right. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm, I'm totally not gonna act like I'm I'm not gonna act like I'm gonna say no to Brady. Yeah, no, exactly. I, I I think see, I think that's the response. It's like I'm not going anywhere. I'm gonna watch the game, right? I'll be here. If Tom wants to come over and have a conversation about it, I'm totally fine with that. Right. Because right. the the thing is, is if you want to be the good guy, if you want to be the good fan, whatever, and give the ball back, I mean that's fine, but but it's like you can go buy an autographed Tom Brady jersey. Okay, you can. Mm -hmm. You can go buy an autographed anything Tom Brady. It's just how much money do you have? But how many times are you going to meet a very guarded guy like Tom Brady who does not make public appearances, who does not sign anything in public, who um, who can't because he's an icon, right? He can't. Yeah. He can't sit there and and shake you know, a uh, hundred fans hands because there would be a thousand more right behind those hundred, right? He can't sign one an autograph because he's disappointing 400 people that didn't get one. Right. So he just doesn't. So, yeah, I think that's the first thing is, is I'm, I'm maybe hanging on to that ball until the end of the game. And if Tom wants to come over, we'll talk about it. If not, We'll Again, see. listen. I I don't want to. I don't want to be. You know, uh, people are like, asking Greg if would you make it out of the stadium alive though. Like, with the no, well, that, that, that's the thing. Yeah, that that's the thing. It's like, um, 
Raymond James does have security, right? And technically that is NFL property, believe it or not. It's NFL property. The players, when they give it to you, they actually have to pay for the ball. And I believe there's a fine attached to that too because that's something the league does not want to do. Guys like Mike Evans who make $16, $17 million a year doesn't matter, right? He wants to to uh, you know, to give away a ball that costs, yeah. what, 150 bucks, and, and yeah. pay the fine, no biggie. But I, I, you're right, John. I don't know that security lets that guy walk out of the stadium with that ball. I meant from other fans, but that is a good point too. Maybe yeah. security stops him. I don't know what happens, but uh, either way. It's been funny for people to talk about for sure. I did not expect to see this much talk about it, but here we yeah. are. Uh, I, I'm just going to, I said it last night, I'll say it again. An autographed Tom Brady rookie card went for $3.1 million at, at a collector's mm-hmm. auction back on June 5th this summer. Yeah. So what would that ball from that was thrown by one future Hall of Famer, caught by another, and it is the number 600 touchdown pass by Tom Brady in a game used ball? In a win, in a Buccaneer win, what is that worth? Yeah, I don't know. A uh, lot. Either. A lot, for sure. No question. All right, before we wrap this thing up, Scott, I know we've got a couple uh, things we want to cover. I got a question for you about this Bucks team. I'm curious to see what your answer is. But first, I got to talk about our friends over at Spotify Greenroom. This is the place you can go to talk music, sports, and culture. Anything you want, you find a topic that you're interested in, you jump into a conversation, you grab the mic, you let your voice be heard as a fan, as somebody who's a consumer of these things. You could download on the App Store. You can get it on Google Play. Follow Pewter Report when you get in there and you'll get pinged. You'll get a little notification when Pewter Report goes live. You can jump in our shows and you can grab the mic on Spotify Green Room and chat with us. So good stuff from our friends over there. Scott, my question for you is this. If there's one Bucks player. Hold on, John. We, we, we got some, we got some oh really smart, boy. educated Pewter Report uh, podcast Talking Blaine Gabbard to you. Yeah. Going to derail yeah. the show. <laughs> a Gabbard game ball would be like the crown jewels. Uh, if it's not a game ball for from Sir Blaine Gabbard, not worth it. Interesting takes. <laughs> Uh, let me ask you this. If there's one Bucks player that, okay, you're going into, and we'll do this again during the bye week, I'm sure, but especially this game, I just think it's such a, such a big game. I think for yeah. the Bucks of their season figuring out where they're at. Um, who's the Bucks player, both sides of the ball, maybe one on both sides of the ball that you feel like needs to play better moving forward. Like for this team to get yeah. on that side of the ball, where they need to be in terms right. of a difference making dominant unit. Who's the player that you have your eye on? I think easily on defense, Devin white, he, yeah, he's no got to be splashier, right? He's, he's making the tackles. He's missing somebody. He's making them. He's making the calls. You, you're not seeing this defense in the wrong scheme, right? He's making the right checks. Mm-hmm. I think mentally he's doing the right things. I think the problem is just physically, and I don't know if it's just a luck thing or he's – sometimes you have to create your own luck, right? Because, um, you know, luck is opportunity uh, meeting preparation or maybe I've got that backwards. But the thing oh, is, is, yeah, he's he's got to become a splashier player because that's why you drafted him with the fifth overall pick two years ago is, is to be the splash player, not to be a steady Eddie, but to be a star. And I think Devin White has missed opportunities for some sacks because he's coming a little too hot and allowed some average quarterbacks. I mean, the, gosh, that Mac Jones sidestep is that's just that's criminal, right? So I think I want to yeah. see some more splash plays from Devin White. I think on the offensive side of the ball, um, it's really hard to find fault, John, with with the with an offense that is that is averaging thirty three point three points per game, a, a top mm-hmm. third or not top third, top three scoring yeah. offense. Yeah. Um, 
I, I don't have any qualms really with the offensive side of the ball. I know that's crazy to sound, mm-hmm. but I, I'm going through every single starter, and it's like I yeah. don't I don't know who has to play better. I just think I think as blockers, Cam Braid and OJ Howard. Like I'll just say, okay, that. yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I'll give you I, that. I don't know. Yeah. It's yeah. It's yeah. silly to me that every game Bruce Arians is kind of pointed out. Like he's not even been asked about tight ends. You would you could just ignore the fact that they've been bad as blockers. Right. Instead, he's just asked about the run game, and then he specifically <laughs> yeah. brings up the tight ends who are unquestionably like anyone could watch the game on yeah. all 22 if they get the tape and game pass and just watch it. And you could see that. And I haven't been good at all. Like, right. Arians it's it's, it's kind of like this, right? It's good. like, it's like left tackle, left guard, center, yeah. right guard, right tackle, tight end. Right. Like in terms As, of, of like yeah. the, the ability, the yeah. credibility of the, of the blocking. Yeah. Especially it's, in the right game. And, Run game, pass protection. I mean, OJ's been asked to do a lot of the Gronk stuff and pass pro, and you know he's just barely hanging on for dear life most of the time. Brady's saving him, obviously. You know, I think OJ has given up a sack or two this season, but Brady's saving him most of the time yeah. with that quick release, no question. But yeah, I mean, the limited sample size for pass block reps, but in the run game, they just have not been assets at all, neither of yeah. them. And so it's just so weird to me that we could like every game, Arians has has pointed out these guys are doing a heck of a job. And, and right. it's just going to be very good to get Gronkowski back out there in that role at least. He's not even an elite run blocker at tight end. A few guys are, uh, but yep. he's he's definitely acceptable and he's great in pass protection. So yeah. that is kind of the, the the biggest thing to me is those tight ends need to play. But you're right about Devin White, no question. He's yep. got to be the guy on defense that steps up. Yeah, and it's not like he's been bad. It's just he hasn't been splashy, and that, that's what he yeah. needs to be. He, Frank- he's hurt the team too much, I think, yeah. though. Like They would – have better numbers if it wasn't for Devin with some of the fact that he yeah, plays out. I agree. Of, it's not like he said, you know, like you said, yeah. he knows what to do pre-snap. He is after the snap avoid doing something different because he thinks he can do it. And that's just not how things work in the NFL. Most of the time, right. like you stay on script and you do your job and you're a phenomenal athlete and physical specimen. And if right. you do that, you're going to be successful more often than not. He just hasn't done it enough. Maybe it's because I've watched too many Marvel movies or action movies, whatever, whether it's Air Force One or whether it's Iron Man, whatever. It's like sometimes, you know, John, it's like with your heat-seeking missile, right? What do you do? You lock on the target and you go. But sometimes, you know, whatever you're chasing can use some flares, right, to kind of throw you off. And and sometimes the heat-seeking missile hits the flare rather than the actual target. And I think that's kind of what's what's happened sometimes with Donovan Missile. He sees, he runs – and he, his his eyes betray him sometimes, uh, rather than reading his keys mm-hmm. or or staying with his gap or in, in his assignment. Frank G, uh, John, you you've been all over Tom Brady's scrambling ability. You and Paul Atwell really have been kind of breaking down uh, Brady. I was going to say 2.0, but really. <laughs> 22.0, right? I mean, the 22 years. 22.0, yeah. Yeah, 22 years in the league. He's got a new knee now. He's not afraid to do things like mm-hmm. run around. Um, we, we talked about on our underdog fantasy segment uh, in, in the Pewter pregame show, the over Tom Brady was one and a half yards. He didn't hit yesterday. You share Frank no. G's disappointment. We, we didn't see. Brady, get outside. Well, I didn't put any money it. on it. I, I didn't right. put any money on it, so I don't, you know, I don't, I don't feel his disappointment on that level. It sounds like maybe Frank did put some money on it, and maybe he's hurting a little bit, and which I am hurting also because I've lost three days in a row, I've lost some cheese, Frank. So uh, I, I am feeling your pain in that way, just not over that specific uh, instance. But uh, no, I, I, Brady's ability to throw outside of structure this season has been pretty incredible. It's not just the physical ability, like athletic ability, that he's that he's shown 
but it's also just the acumen. Like he's not really a guy who's done it a ton in his career and he seems very comfortable doing it this year. Yes. So that's just, uh, it's kind of startling. It's pretty amazing to watch. Um, he's just been very, the touchdown throw to Mike Evans in the back of the end zone. Uh, man, what a, just an yeah. unreal throw. He didn't have his, he was, he saw a lane honestly and took, right. he thought I'm going to run. That was going to be Frank scramble right there. Yeah, he was, that's right. he was going to scramble, but that block was great. It, you know, he saw this huge lane open up and he got, because eyes got big, I think. And he said, yep. let's do it. And then he sees Evans pop open in the back of the end zone and just like on the move guns, that sucker to the back line. I mean, right on the money laced in there. That's uh, just, that's another element to the game, man. He's he's uh, playing at that kind of level right now. That's that's pretty elite and pretty fun to see. So, uh, yeah, there will be lots to kind of analyze in terms of the Bucks' offense after this game specifically yeah. because of how many issues the Saints' defense has given them more than any other team that they face, I think, just in terms of schematically. And it's a huge game for Byron Leftwich too, because he's got right. a problem solve uh, in ways that he hasn't yeah. really been that successful problem solving. And I think Bruce Aaron's made it clear. I don't know if you got to catch him on Colin Coward's show the other day, Scott, but he was like more adamant than even he was late last year that this is completely Byron Leftwich's offense. Like yeah. Byron Leftwich calls everything. He's created like the, the wrinkles. He, he goes to Tom and says, what do you think about this? And Tom right. agrees with like what he said, but it was, it was a really telling interview just in terms of Aaron saying like, I have really handed this thing over. Like that might not have been the case in 2019. Right. In 2020, it became the case. In 2021, it's you know he is just like yeah, this is Byron's show. Like I, he says, he doesn't even go on all the meetings. Like for right. that's how <laughs> much it's just Byron's show. He runs it. So yeah, I, I would say you know maybe maybe coaches in there enjoying a, a crown. Um, I, I don't know that to be fact, so I don't want to speculate. But but uh, the <laughs> thing with the thing with Le, with Lefwich that's really interesting is that the Bucks points per game. Uh, under his watch as the play caller, I've gone from 28.6 points in 2019, first year with Jameis, and then to 30.8 points. So just, you know, almost a field goal uh, differential there, or two points really, uh, in, in the regular season a year ago. And then this year, 33.3. So you've seen just about uh, a five, six point per game differential. And really the difference there, the obvious difference is, Instead of the field goal, they're getting a touchdown, right? That that's yeah. kind of what what they're doing, and we've seen the red zone efficiency be much better. Uh, mm -hmm. The the second half aside against Chicago, but by and large, they're scoring touchdowns and not field goals, and that's why you're seeing this explosion of points. I've never seen anything like it. Certainly not mm -hmm. in Tampa, right? I mean, Tampa, yeah. uh, even back in their Super Bowl heydays, has always been about defense, not about mm -hmm. offense. I've seen some wickedly awful offense mm -hmm. here in Tampa. Right. Uh, I've never seen even anything on, like this. Even on winning teams. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's no doubt. Yeah, there's no doubt. But um, but this level of offense uh, is – it's it's special. It's unique. Mm -hmm. I don't think we're going to see this collection of players ever again in Tampa. Um, and I don't like using absolutes, but it's going to be – you're going to be hard-pressed to get the collection of talent from this offensive group and have the, the type of statistics mm -hmm. and points at some point going forward. I'm just not sure when when that would, would happen. 
Yeah, should be a fun season, absolutely. Speaking of special and unique, check out our friends over at livinggolflife.com. They got some unbelievable polo designs. They're comfortable, too. If you're getting out on the golf course, it's a great place to get yourself some stuff to wear and to use while you're out there. You got the Golf Life hat. I was one of my favorite hats that I own. Uh, you can follow them on Instagram, at livinggolflife. You can check out some of the new products that they're dropping. You can check them out on their website, livinggolflife.com, and see uh, the stuff that they're coming out with uh, as well and, and Maybe pick yourself up a polo, ask for it as a gift. The holidays are, believe it or not, around the corner. We're almost at the end of October. That is just absurd to me. But uh, yeah, livinggolflife.com, great place to um, earmark for your holiday shopping uh, for sure. This week on the show, Scott, we've got uh, we're going to talk about um, our uh, our uh, our preview show is going to be Wednesday. We're off tomorrow on the show. Preview show is going to be Wednesday. We'll dive into some of the detailed statistics of this Buck Saints game, some of the history, the recent history, especially. Yeah. There's a lot of that to talk about. Way more to talk about than there is on a typical show. So we're going to talk about it. We might split this preview up into two days and do like a yeah. offense Wednesday. I, I like that defense. idea. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I like got that a Thursday show open. This so. is such a huge game. I mean, listen, from from a national media standpoint, right? The 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 Bucks Patriots game because of the Brady returning back to New England. You know, I, I was asked by a lot of uh, local newscasters down here about my thoughts in, 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 regarding this game. And I said, this is a much bigger deal for the Boston crowd, for the, the New England crowd, than it is for Tampa oh, Bay. Yeah. You know, it's just 100%. Yeah, it, it was a much more of a national thing. Tampa Bay, it's like, great, we're playing an AFC team and the Patriots, yeah. who cares, right? I mean, it's no big right. deal. In right. my opinion, and I think the Rams game was a big deal because that's kind of the measuring stick, right? Uh, but this is this yeah, is this the is game, yeah. in my opinion, right? There was oh, yeah. the season opener against the Cowboys. Uh, all that was was just the first game of the season. Mm-hmm. The Rams game, the Patriots game, those were big games. This is, in my opinion, the biggest game of the season because – I want to see if the Buccaneers can pick up where they left off in New Orleans with that 30-20 to 20 win, or if you're going to revert back to the Saints being the bully during the regular season. They've won four straight over Arians, five straight in the regular season dating back to the last game in the, mm-hmm. of the Cutter era. Um, it's going to be fascinating. I think that the Saints are depleted on defense from where they were a year ago, but I'm not going to, to say that Dennis Allen won't have the Bucs number. Because I really think this game is going to get into coaching more so than anything. I agree. Yep, I agree completely. I think it might not be the most important game of the schedule, but it's the one fans are definitely looking yes. forward to the most. Yes. And it might end up being the most important one when we look it back. Might. We don't know. There's just I still don't know really what the Saints are. So uh, I think we've got a lot to figure out in that regard. But it's the one the fans, I think, are looking forward to more than any other game for sure and we are too to be honest we always are so uh it's gonna be fun it's gonna be a fun week on the show for sure uh subscribe pewter report tv if you haven't already make sure you're subscribed make sure you're telling everybody about it about the show so they can get subbed up and and see all the content that we're producing and check it out um hit like on our on our videos that always gives us a nice little bump uh in whatever analytics youtube uses to determine oh this what should video show up in front of people things like that so we definitely appreciate that and we appreciate all you jumping in here tuning in for another great show and we'll see you on on wednesday for another edition of the pewter report podcast out out